0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: Let's give away that next four-pack of tickets to the D.C. Defenders. Right now, the caller number 10 at 800-636-1067. Congrats you are winning those four tickets, the Defenders' home openers this weekend at Audi Field, 8 p.m. here in D.C. They're taking on the Seattle Sea Dragons. Be there all season long. Get your Defenders' season tickets today, starting at $20 per game. Buy now at xfl.com slash tickets or visit thefandc.com slash contest. It is time for our Beltway Blitz. Capitals on deck. Commanders in the hole. We start you off with the Whiz. And the voice of the Wizards on the radio, Dave Johnson, is with us. Last time out, a 25-point win over the Blazers. That makes it three out of four for the Wizards, Dave, as they get ready for tonight's game against the Minnesota
3: Timberwolves. They've been playing better. No, they've been playing better. That's really, uh, you know, what the rate they've been playing at, maybe not 75%. But, look, Christoph Sporzingis, in the the month of February, I was looking at these numbers today, he's averaging, this is the month of February, 29 points. Over eight rebounds, over three assists. Uh, you know, Kyle Kuzma comes back. The Wizards missed him for four games during that stretch. He was—he was, he was uh, went, the Wizards went two and two. They get him back. They get Bradley Beal back uh, again. You see the three of those on the floor together. I don't want to be the guy trying to figure out how to defend uh, the Wizards. And you know, again, Christoph Porzingis, I celebrate him just because. Think about it. He's a seven-three guy that does have guard skills. I'm not saying we want him to be in the backcourt and bring the ball up, but talk about he can take you away from the basket, and he has been consistent and available all season. So um, if you can forget December, which I checked with the league, you can't. This Wizards team has been playing much better.
4: Yeah, they found a lot of success with Porzingis kind of in that mid-post, right? Tuning up smaller defenders uh, kind of at will. This Minnesota game tonight, though, I don't think Gobert is playing tonight. Although you might know more than me uh, on that front, day, but no Carl Anthony Towns either. Still some talent, but a winnable game.
3: Winnable game. Uh, you know, I've always loved Mike Conley. They've picked up Mike Conley. Uh, you know, Rudy Fair, uh, as you mentioned, uh, if he's out, and, and I'm going to double-check that. You know, that's a big loss for them. This Wolves team, you know, since the start of the year, has turned the corner. But Anthony Edwards, you know, has been the story. He's not only, you know, points and rebounds, but it's what he does uh, defensively. So um, it's a winnable game, but it's, it's not an easy game. And, well, <laughs> scratch that. I'm sorry, guys. There's no easy games. I haven't seen an easy game yet this year. But the, the bottom line, this would be a real feel-good Uh, win for the Wizards you go on a three-game swing on the road San Francisco Portland Minnesota not an easy trip you go two and one and get to the break that's what you want to be as I said you want to be in the conversation going to March when now the Wizards are going to have a million home games as opposed to all these these road games and you know it's important to be relevant in March because I saw it on Facebook Grant's all excited about the DC defenders are now starting so we got nationals are starting up everything's starting up the Wizards want to be a part of the party too
2: yeah, and if they keep playing like this, they won't have to worry about it. They'll be the centerpiece of the party this spring. Porzingis twenty eight twelve and five. You referenced how good he's been. That was his big performance against the Blazers. Kuzma came back in that game. Was fantastic with thirty three and nine in thirty six minutes. What were the reports on how he was feeling coming out of that game, and how is Kuz doing?
3: He he says he's feeling great, and I think you know he says he took that extra day. He. You know, probably if push comes to shove, I, I don't know. It, it looked like, you know, he could have played Monday in Golden State, but he says he took that extra day to be sure. And <laughs> I'm not going to argue with him, as you just referenced, you know, what he did uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, you know, he is – he's just smooth. And these are guys – this is why, uh, again, the, the Wizards it, – it's a courageous thing, I think, to, to not do anything – um, at, at the trading deadline because they do believe in this group. And now get them on the floor and see what they can do on a, on a consistent basis and, and see if uh, you can reward the management for that uh, belief. As uh, you know, Tommy Shepard says, you, you can win the press conference or you can win long-term. And they're trying to win long-term. They've taken some lumps uh, this season. But, uh, you know, Danny mentioned it. it, it you know, poor <laughs> you play him at that mid-post, he can, he can draw fouls. He can step to the elbow. You try to defend him. He'll draw fouls or get to the free throw line. Oh, and by the way, he can be an amazing facilitator too. You know, all of a sudden the attention goes to him. He senses a double team. And a guy named Bradley Beal's cut into the basket.
4: Yeah, you mentioned Beal, Dave. I wanted to ask about him for a second. It's not easy to go from a guy that's pretty much with a, I don't know, what was it, like a 50 or 60% usage rate in years past to sometimes going minutes at a time without getting a touch or a shot. But he's found a way to be deferential and actually been really effective uh, in, in spurts again. I've been really impressed with it.
3: Well, and that's, you know, good teams, that's the way it's got to go or should go or, or that's why they can become – Good teams, if not all the pressure is on one guy. Look, we uh, let's face it, guys. We've seen that act when when there's pressure on one guy. That one guy can average thirty a season. That one guy can can if he's if he's that an elite a player can do a lot of amazing things. But you're you're not going to do it with one guy. And no team in the NBA, uh, you know, even LeBron is not going to do the whole thing by himself. So uh, it, you know, it, it's again, it's about having a sense for what the game is, what the, what, what the defense has given you. I know it's an old cliche about, you know, doing with the game, uh, you know, with the opposition, how they're defending you, and you read the game from there. You know, and I think about that because uh, I talked to Damian Lillard in Portland, and you think about some of the crazy numbers he's put up, but he's putting up some crazy numbers, not because he's trying to. Uh, he had 30 points the other night at halftime against the Lakers, fortunately not against the Wizards, and only finished with 40. Because he let he dictated uh, what he did was dictated by what, what was the situation in the game. And the Wizards have that, you know, that situation now that you know Bradley Beal does not does not have to score thirty a night.
2: Dave, we appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. All all the best. All the best. Be good. There's Dave Johnson on our Beltway Blitz covering the Wiz. How about those roommates? Swino, I I don't want to say I'm worried about the Capitals. As I'm reading your work in the Associated Press, hockey coverage, Steve Wino does a great job breaking them down. But I'm worried about the Capitals, man. They got teams nipping at their heels. No Ovi. I understand he's away with his family for good reason. But no Carlson still. No Wilson. No Nick Dowd. And they're playing the toughest, most grueling, most important part of their schedule. And they're barely hanging on in the playoff spot right now. Kind of break down just how much peril they might be in.
0: GP, you should be worried. And, and this is a team that is in a very precarious position right now. The standings have tightened up on them. Uh, the, the, the Detroit Red Wings, the Buffalo Sabres, New York Islanders on their heels. Uh, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins still right there. And, and, look, this is a team that's now now scored two goals or fewer in 10 of their past 15 games. And most of that was with Alex Ovechkin there. Now not going to have Alex Ovechkin in the next two games at least and probably a little bit longer than that. Uh, Tom Wilson is still slowly working his way back from that right leg injury. Uh, from taking the, the, the puck to the leg a few weeks ago, nicked out just finally in a non-contact jersey. John Carlson still kind of gingerly skating. Uh, things are not good for this team right now, and, and they're really going to have to piece things together from some unlikely sources to keep piling up the points before things get real bad real fast. They basically got one
4: winning month, and that month was awesome, right? December, they were a buzzsaw. They were crushing people, and we thought maybe this was a corner turn I know why this is happening. You know, a lot of guys missing. And and I'm I'm also wondering, though, Swano, I guess my my larger question is, how much of this was inevitable where some of your key contributors are are veterans kind of on the back end of things? Them not being available shouldn't stun us.
0: Yeah, I, I guess we went into the year knowing this was an old team and thinking you could have some injuries that were kind of those strains, the hamstrings, the groins, that sort of thing. It hasn't even been that. It's been some freak accidents along the way. John Carlson took a slap shot to the head. Uh, and, and, and has been out since, since just before Christmas. Uh, the the Nick Doubt injury, also kind of a freak thing. Tom Wilson, the same thing. Uh, puck to the leg, uh, good good the opposite leg from the one he had a torn ACL in. But and then Alex Ovechkin's father dies. Uh, these are just things that don't tend to happen every day to a team. This is not the ordinary wear and tear of a season. And I don't want to pull up the, the it's bad luck for the team, but it's just happened so many different things that have happened along the way, that have gotten in the way that in a salary cap sport, when you've already lost Connor Brown to a torn ACL, you've had Nicholas Baxter out for the first two months of the season, they add up to to making it really hard on guys who are playing way more minutes and in a higher role in the lineup than they should be.
2: All right, so let's talk about tonight. The Panthers are in town. Uh, They're favored in the game. Capitals hosting them at 7 o'clock. What do I need to know about Florida, and who do you think wins?
0: Sergei Bobrovsky's on a roll, the, the two-time Dezin Trophy-winning goaltender, has has finally caught fire for the Florida Panthers. And in addition, they've gotten healthy. Uh, Aaron Ekblad and their captain Alexander Barkov were out for, for large stretches of the season. And with those guys healthy, with Bobrovsky playing well, they've managed to go from kind of out of it to the middle of the playoff race. Uh, I like the Capitals to win tonight just because it feels like one of those Patrick Ewing effect kind of games that with everything kind of stacked against them. Uh, They played really well against the Carolina Hurricanes the other night uh, and lost a a one-goal game, a very close game, that the the Hurricanes didn't play all that well. I I think this is a a chance for the Capitals, and I would would look at at someone like Evgeny Kuznetsov and and even Marcus Johansson and Dylan Storm to step up in a big way if they're going to overcome not having Ovechkin, Wilson, Dowd, and everybody else.
4: Is there something systematic they can do, Swano, to to get more scoring? Obviously, you know, when Ovechkin's in the lineup, it's easier because he's such a prodigious goal scorer, but it's hard to, to to deal with the fact that their second-leading goal scorer is Marcus Johansson, who I like, but that shouldn't be the case. Is there something systematic they can change?
0: Well, I, I think what, it's gonna, what they're going to need to do is try to get something out of the power play because we've known al thats Baskin- from his office on the power play, that, that that spot in the faceoff circle, is the key to a to a power play and keeps every other option being dangerous. It, it's a totally different look on the power play now uh, for the Capitals, and, and, and trying to maybe catch teams off guard with not having Ovechkin there, and, and, and TJ Oshie in front, some other things, might be the key to that. At even strength, these guys need to start cashing in, and even before Ovechkin out, uh, not a whole lot of points for guys like Lars Eller and Strom and, and Marcus Johansson, because that's uh, in the last stretch of games that this is a hockey cliche coaches talk about it all the time. Greasy goals, put the puck on net, get deflections, because especially when you're playing good goaltenders like Sergey Bobrovsky and Freddie Anderson again on Saturday night, you're not going to shoot a lot of pucks that are going to beat the clean.
2: So I know we appreciate you, buddy. Thank you.
0: Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. See you, right, let's
2: wind things down with the football club. Danny, the commanders interviewing Eric Bienemy formally today. After the speculation of the last week, he flew into town last night. Was told they had a little meal with the Martys and with Ron, among others. And they are talking brass tacks and football today. Certainly starting to feel like the winds are blowing toward a Bienemy. Hiring
4: here—it's a pretty big deal, man. Uh, this is one of the stories of the league. Not just cool here because it's happening. Not just going to make NFL Network because it's a coaching uh carousel thing. But this is a guy that has been mentioned time after time after time as one of the hot head coaching candidates, and he's always been the bridesmaid It's never really worked out. He should already be a head coach. He should be in year five and or four or three in some regime, you know, trying to turn some program around or or otherwise. The fact is, he's available. He shouldn't be. This team is going to take advantage of that and get some great PR while they're at it. I think it makes Ron look great. I think it makes the Martys look great. I think it's great for Bienni to be able to, if if it does indeed happen, to walk in here and take a group that has been in the upper 20s or 30s uh, in terms of all their rankings, whether it's offensive efficiency, yards per play, points, et cetera. If this is an upper half of the league offense, notice I didn't say top 10, top 5, whatever. Upper half of the league, averaging 23 points a game. That's all we're talking about, 23 points a game. That's a double-digit win team, bare minimum, given their personnel and their defense.
2: I tweeted this today at Grant H. Paulson. Important dates coming up for the Commanders. February 21st in five days is the first day you could use a franchise tag on Deron Payne. The deadline to use a franchise tag is March 7th. NFL Combine in Indy is on the 28th of this month. The league year begins on March 15th. Free agency trades, et cetera. And the big date this offseason is March 26th. NFL meetings where the owners are getting together. And the idea is possibly a Snyder sale could have taken place before then. Our buddy Michael Phillips, Richmond Times Dispatch, hops in here for a quick moment with us. Michael, we're going to have the writer on from the New York Post. uh, Josh Kosman, I think is how you say his name, who has the story that Snyder's sale is not going well, that he's not even at six billion dollars, that. He thinks maybe this is kind of a setup for for Dan to keep the team. We're going to ask him all the questions that need to be asked at five. But he's the only guy I see reporting any of that. I mean, what do you make of that story, which is in juxtaposition almost everything else we're hearing?
1: Sure. you got so many factors at play here, Grant. So I mean, there's just a lot going on. So let's start with the Bezos factor. First off, if he wants the team, it's kind of consensus that it's going to be his that can have a dampening effect on the market. You think about, it's expensive to buy a team, it's expensive to be in the hunt to buy a team. The due diligence here, there's a lot of lawyers, a lot of attorneys, a lot of accountants, a lot of people working on all these bid teams. And if you have the sense that it's not going to end with you getting the team, that could have a chilling effect. So I, I, I do, I would buy that as a plausible reason why some of these groups haven't gone as hard as they might otherwise, until he's all the way in or all the way out. Number two would be, once you buy this team, you're going to have to pump a lot of cash into it. I mean, you're looking at a stadium project, you're looking at facilities, you're looking at contracts and coaches, um, you know, you're going to need to have another billion dollars to kickstart everything you want to do with this thing. The lobbyists, I mean, lobbyists are expensive. You know, you're, if you're thinking about going out to get the RFK site, that's not going to come cheap. Um you're going to need a lot of money in the bank, so you can't tap yourself out just buying the team. You've got to set yourself up for success, too. So there's a lot of factors at play here. I think, ultimately, it's an NFL team in a very attractive market. They they will get the sale price they want to get, but I'll be listening. I'll be very curious to hear his perspective.
4: Michael, you wrote a story in the Richmond Times-Dispatch, and I'd like to add an editorial for a moment that you're good at writing, and I was... I, I, I was- Enjoyed reading uh, this particular story about what it would kind of mean if Ron Rivera hired Eric Bieniemy because one of the things Grant and I have been talking about is is he going to let Eric Bieniemy be Eric Bieniemy and it sounds like he might.
1: Yeah, you know, very flattering. Thank you, Danny. But I, I think that Ron understands. I mean, that this would this would be a pretty big get for the team. You know, whatever. Whatever he turns out to be, whether he turns out to be the next great star or a guy who's in Andy Reid's shadow, and look, nobody knows. That's all speculation. But I think Ron understands broadly the importance of what it would mean to the league at this juncture, kind of in the same way after the Brian Flores lawsuit, you, you saw him end up on Mike Tomlin's staff. Mike Tomlin said, hey... I understand it's important for you to continue to be a football coach this year, be seen, be visible, do what you do, and not just be the lawsuit guy. You know, right now, Eric Bienemy is the guy who can't get a job. Um, Ron Rivera understands the importance of that and the importance of that to the league to make sure he, he's in the best position to succeed. And I, I think for him, that would be Eric Bieniemy running the show and having success with Sam Howell. I, I think that would, you know, mean he would be a head coach much sooner rather than later, whether it's here or elsewhere. How?
2: different do you think the offense would look from what he's been running
1: well i I don't think it would be massively different than what they did last year because i I think there's a a set of winning formulas with each personnel grouping you've had last year's personnel grouping was crap offensive line a lot of good receivers some really strong running backs i mean you know the the formula kind of writes itself from there you need quick passes that set up downfield runs you, know, you, you need some tough first-down runs that, that set you up in second and short. You're not going to reinvent the wheel too much off of that. He's not going to have Patrick Mahomes here. He's not going to have guys spinning around in huddles like, like they did in Kansas City. But I, I think the fundamentals are here. If I were Eric the the one question I would ask would be, what are you going to do for me on the offensive line? Because he, he learned that in Kansas City, too. That Super yeah. Bowl the Chiefs lost to, to Tampa Bay, the offensive line was banged up that day. You don't have an offensive line, you, you don't have an offense.
4: I'm used to expecting the worst from this franchise and every move they make, I'm always like, okay, the end is going to be terrible, and I skip to that. I find myself really excited about the Eric Bieniemy hire. Is that crazy? Is that stupid that, I, that I'm that i being, uh, you know, setting myself up for bitter disappointment here? But I think this would be a massive thing. Am I overrating that?
1: I think the prevailing logic, Danny, on this season, you know, this upcoming season, 2023, has been, it's a lost year. The new owner is going to take over. They have to wait until the end of the year to install their own coaching staff. They're not. There's not going to be a big splash. Position. Guy. This is juice. I, I like juice. Like you, know, it, it gives you a reason to come to the ballpark. Like you know, Nets lose 100 games, but Juan Soto is there raking. That that's a reason to come to the ballpark. If if these guys finish nine and eight because it's just literally what they do every year. But Eric Bieniemy's there, calling plays, and there's some fun on offense. It's a reason to go to the ballpark. It's a reason to listen to you guys do the blitz. Like I. I think it's a very justified excitement, whether it works out or not. I think people are really excited about this possibility.
2: Does Jamer Candelario ca- qualify as Juice for the That's the, the same, right? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Corey Dickerson. Dickerson.
1: You could give me the family funeral. Feud- of, of current Nationals, and uh, I would get my three strikes and you would steal.
2: Uh, this is actually a fun game. Let's do this. Hold right, here on. We go. Here we go. Ready? I'm going to name three guys, okay? Okay. And I want okay. you to tell me which one is not a National. So this okay. Is, I'm ready. So just to be clear, this is uh, – it's kind of like spot the lie, okay? <laughs> Two ready. of them Two will be Nationals. Lie. One will not be. Okay. okay. Kevin Newman. Trevor Williams, okay. Stephen
1: Brault, okay. Kevin Newman. That's a baseball name. That's got to be a baseball player. Um, Trevor Williams and who's the last one?
2: Stephen Brault.
1: Stephen Brault. I'm going to go Trevor Williams, but if, but I'm I'm just taking a stab here. You'd be wrong. That's our number four.
2: Trevor Williams <laughs> was the biggest pickup of the offseason. Reliever from the Mets. We were looking for Kevin Newman. Kevin He's Newman. Hello, Newman. Stop with the Cincinnati Newman. Reds. You were right. That's a baseball name.
1: <laughs> well played, Grant.
2: That is the way the game is played. Uh Michael, thank you. We just found a new segment. That is fun. You are largely responsible. We...
1: Take care, guys. Thank you, pal. See
2: you dude. Should we play another round of that dude. soon? I we could play that game. I think we could play it with listeners for prizes in the future. Uh, let's jot that one down. Let's let's put that one in ink. Oh, All man. right. Next on Grant and Danny, <laughs> what a time to be alive for the Nets. Tough guys make me laugh. I'm going to explain why. All right. There's a new installment of Tough Guys Make Me Laugh today, and bombshell trade rumor in the NFL. Bombshell. We will get you that on G and D. Play me a song that reminds me of your senior prom. What's up? Welcome back. Grant and Danny on the fan. Darius and Ryan alongside today. So I saw an incredible video this morning. Chiefs parade was yesterday. Kansas City was celebrating. They were drinking. They were carrying on and being merry and having fun. Ballyhoo. There was a lot of great videos that came out of the parade. I hadn't seen until late last night. Travis Kelsey's promo that he cut. He just was literally drunk on power. Where he's on the mic, yeah. and whatever you say, people are eating out of your palm. You ever just, uh, well, you, you're you a stand-up comedian, so you can probably relate. Yeah, but not like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, but You don't know what I'm about to say, which is, you ever get a microphone with like a hot crowd, and you you can just make them react? Yes. It's like the, the drunk guy at the wedding or something who's standing next to the DJ. Everyone's got one of those. And then you're just like, when I say hey, you say ho, hey. And everyone's and, into it. So he was doing that. Did you see any of this video? Oh, yeah. Kelsey yesterday was like, who thought Chris Jones was a good tackle? Say yeah. And everyone's like, yeah. And then he's like, nah, 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 And they're like, nah, nah, nah. And then he's like, that fourth grade teacher, he's like, ta, ta, ti, ti, ta. And everyone's like, ta, ta. And it's like a million people, you know? He was just loving. Just having a great time. Call the response. Now. I, it's never it been like, to that scale Now you guys do it like,
4: It's never been to that scale But I, I know being drunk with power it, it is a great feeling
2: You're inebriated yeah. and everyone's repeating everything you're saying Yeah, so you like, just making noises Like people like me, I want to stay on here forever
4: Like I've been there
2: He literally, I yeah. mean the, the bit that I was cheesing at last night I'm cracking up, was like He literally just started going like No, no, no And then everyone was like no, no, no. It was no point to any of it. Just this. pointless. It was just so wacky. Everyone was just drunk and now, high on Now, give me, if
4: if I may, if we're, if we're grading those things. I mean, these <laughs> all celebrations are relative. Yeah. Give me T.J. Oshie pulling a shirt over his head and Pretty slamming good. a butt heavy. Pretty good. Give me that. That's top, That's give top show. Give me that.
2: As far as I'm concerned. With a
4: lost voice going back to back.
2: So here's where I'm going with this. Yeah. The best thing that came out of the parade that I saw video-wise, the most impressive feat, if I could say this, mm-hmm was this rookie linebacker who was drafted in the third round by the Chiefs, who's on the street, high fiving people. Maybe he went down and saw someone he knew and he's like, Oh, I'm gonna go meet you know, say hi and meet them or whatever. Uh-huh. To get back on the bus, I'm gonna swing this around. I'm gonna show you what he does to get back on the bus. All right. Okay. Now what would you do to get back on the bus? Go to the door. You would go to the door and the driver would stop and you'd climb up and then you'd do what we did to get on top of the little double decker bus in DC. You'd little have stairs and there, the stairs and Here's what this guy does. I want you to tell everyone what he's doing. Okay. All right, so let me see. Who am I looking at? The, the guy in the red on the right? You'll see. Am right? You'll see, yeah, uh, okay. the guy on the red. Tell, uh, give play-by-play. Here. I
4: thought a gentleman uh, looks to be about 6'3", 250. He, oh, my God, he jumped up the side. He is climbing like it's a jungle gym, and he's on top of the bus now. Nope.
2: Can't do that. So this is what he did, okay? He is next to this bus. It's a double-decker, like, oh, I'll take a tour of the city bus. He jumps up approximately 11 or 12 yeah, feet. Yeah, it's about 11 feet high grabs the railing, the, the the just the outside of the railing, the lip of the bus, uh-huh. pulls himself up like he's Spider-Man and kicks off the bus, and then in one motion just kind of hoists himself over the railing into now where everyone's standing on top of the bus. In no broken stride, like all in one motion just kind of to the top of the bus.
4: So he's on the opposite side of the door, and, and a, a mortal would just go, I gotta walk all the way around to the door. He's like, no need. I'll just scale the side.
2: Now, I understand for the record, okay, that if it was up to me to be able to get up on that bus the way he did it, or everyone I know is gone, Yep. I hope you guys had a great run. There's, It's impossible. Look me in the eye. I love you so much. My height, weight, <laughs> yeah. athleticism, the shape I'm in, the, the, the strength I have, I get that I'm a zilch. Okay, we all understand that. I tweeted out this video. Of this amazing uh, feat of athleticism. And I said, this is more impressive than the comeback win. The amount of tough guys in the comments.
4: CrossFit Craig telling you what for?
2: What's impressive about a pull-up? Grown men. This is a real comment. Grown men being impressed at other grown men doing pull-ups is sad. Oh, you could do that, jackass? Let, w- this is the guy saying he'd make the 50-yard field goal. Let's get a bus. Let's get this guy with the with the Dexter Manley avatar, and I'll meet you at the bus. I'll bring the camera. You think you can do it, tough guy? Get up the side of the bus I like am that. so By the way, the bus sure. is moving. My response to him was, I'm sure you could do that just as easily and in one motion. Really unimpressive athleticism. This other guy here, what a tough guy response. Imagine thinking this. He goes, I'm a regular donk. Anyone who's lean and goes to the gym at least every other day could do this. No. LOL. Wrong. Get a job, you liar. Are you kidding me? Why are people acting like this isn't incredible? So you see this all the time. Imagine standing next Grant. to your car. Just, just get up on your car. Just do that for me. Not up the hood first, up the side of right, it. Just, just yeah. get on top of your car from next to your car. Just do that. And then when you can do that, let's double it to the two se- to the double decker boss and see how that works. Well, get on top of your Ford F one hundred and fifty, then
4: get on top of your Sprinter van, then add seven feet to it, like l- pipe down. You saw this happen, and our our very own dear friend of the show, Drab T shirt, fell prey to this as well. You remember when the when like some jogger in the middle of nowhere killed a starving mountain cat, like fought or not maybe didn't kill, like he fought him off and survived or whatever it was, and then it's like. Psh- that's no big deal. Right. People don't understand. Like, we did a whole thing, and there was a survey that went around. We're like, a like guy was like, yeah, I could probably beat up a gorilla. If he, if that animal decides it's your time to die, say your goodbyes. There, that, that That's a huge spectrum of things. We live at their mercy. If they decide it's your time, and you don't have the appropriate firearm at your holster, you're
2: donezo. But do you think that... Done. Internet tough guys really believe yes. what they're saying?
4: Yes, because they don't know. The, 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 nobody, this it goes to it goes to our same now you got me started on something. It goes to our same discussion about about kids in public and the, the thing we, we talked about before. Nobody's checked anymore. Nobody is put in their place at any time. We have tried to legislate bad feelings out of our universe. So you just kind of say Nobody gets humbled anymore. Prostrate yourself. Humble thyself in front of wonders when the 6'3", 260-pound dude that's running a faux faux jumps up the side of the bus after 12 beers. Say, that's pretty impressive. You can't do that, pull up, Peter. You can't do that because you go to Gold's three nights a week after work. I'm sure you've got a personal trainer. I'm sure your cardio hit routine is badass. No. you have. No one gets humbled anymore. Used to be. You, you got out a lot a little bit. You got a little face. You got a little hand to the face, right? And you go, "Oh, okay. I shouldn't <laughs> say stuff like that anymore. My nose is broken. I'll be quiet. Nobody's quiet. No one has shame."
2: Six two two sixty. Yeah, Leo Chanel, I guess is his name. He is his rookie linebacker. Call himself whatever he'd like, as far as I'm concerned. Six two two sixty. He just, as you said, the other amazing part of this too is he's definitely been partying all day. But he just, just casually walks over to the side of the bus as it's moving. Jumps up like he's Spider-Man and proceeds to continue you're doing that
4: with your knee brace on at the, at the, at the, the local, uh, uh, I don't know, planet fitness. You liar.
2: Planet Fitness Is is that that's what you're the, doing? That's the spot. You got to learn how to well, do
4: it. Well, I do box jumps. So it's the same drink 12 beers, beat 10,000 times a better
2: athlete than you are. And then tell me about it. Liar. I just couldn't believe the responses. That to me was one of those where we can all, I know we disagree on a lot of things. I don't expect to be able to tweet something out about a hot take issue in society or some major political divisive thing that everyone wants to fight about. Should we do this or should we do that or uh, terrible things are happening? Do we make an adjustment or do we not? I expect us to argue and to fight. And that's the part of the beauty of America. When the six foot two rookie linebacker pulls himself up on top of a bus in one motion, can we all just kind of say, "That guys, that's pretty cool. I can't do that, because you can't. You can't. You just can't. Guy yeah. on my timeline? <laughs> and there were so many guys on my timeline who could, apparently. Just just line them up. Let them all jump on top of buses. We got a bunch of Spider-Men amongst us. Right from their hands. I just... should make my own web fluid. No, you can't. Always amazes me. But I just wonder about the psychology of do they really think they could do it, or is it just you know, do they, they're just saying words, but I, I'm with you. I actually think they think they could do it, but it's why I love the occasional time when someone will get the person who's tweeting about yeah. how the kicker should have made the kick. And then they put him out there to make the kick and, and he kicks a ground ball eight feet in front of him. <laughs> you know? Cause it's like, you said you could, right? Yeah. I could have. Okay. Here's the football. There's the goalpost. Let's see it. And then yeah. they just nub a ball right in front.
4: I thought I was an athlete. My first day I walked on campus and I was playing pickup with a guy on my team who's all was an all-state basketball player and could have gone to a D3 school. He stood underneath the rim without taking a step. his knees, jumped up and dunked it with two hands, and he was my height. Oh, there are better athletes. There are so many better athletes everywhere. You don't understand. Respect it immediately.
2: Immediately. <laughs> a little respect on this rookie's name, please. There is a, a bombshell report in the NFL we'll get to next on Grant and Danny, and the reporter who says the sale of the Commanders is in some trouble from the New York Post, is joining us at 5. I think that's going to be must-listen. He's got a lot of takes that we haven't heard from other people, Uh, so we'll talk to him coming up in about 15 minutes.
3: Top of the hour, a little over 10 minutes
2: out on Grant and Danny, the one reporter, I don't want to say the only, but the, the one guy that's really... Been as definitive as our 5 o'clock guest has on the commander's sale, maybe not being as far along or as imminent as people think. Josh Kosman of the New York Post. He's going to join us on GD coming up at the top of the hour. I've been mentioning that there was a, a bombshell report and there's all kinds of speculation on a trade rumor in the NFL. So ESPN today was citing sources in saying that the Bears are considering trading Justin Fields, keeping the number one pick, and making a selection at number one overall. You and I saw that flash across the screen before the show, and we thought, that seems pretty crazy. Well, that is interesting. right? Now, I know we disagree a little bit on Fields. I I just have not seen enough. I don't really trust him to develop as a passer to pass up on the number one pick. I go back to, and he's in a way better spot than Haskins was at the time, but when Washington was not sold on their quarterback and they were picking at the top of the board and you and I kind of have this philosophy of if you're not positive you need to take the best quarterback in the country with that select cuz it's a rare rare opportunity to be there yeah how how often are you going to pick one or two in fact i'm pretty sure i read somewhere the bears have never had the number 1 pick in the draft to that point so if if i'm uh ryan polls their gm and i'm not sold on fields then i have no problem with trading him and taking Bryce Young, who I think will be a better NFL quarterback, or maybe moving back and taking C.J. Stroud or Will Levis or whatever it is and picking up a ton of picks. But I also know that the flip side of that, Danny, is, and you're in this camp, you know, a lot of people were blown away by how incredible Fields was as a playmaker last year. Mm -hmm. They became one of the toughest offenses in the league to defend because he was running all over the place. One of the most prolific running seasons by a quarterback we've seen really non-Mike Vick division ever, and maybe just getting started in that regard. And you'd like to think if you had weapons at receiver where they were really thin, that maybe if he he made some strides as a passer, you could have a star. I'd have to know what I could get for Justin Fields. That's
4: going to govern everything for me, right? Like, where am I best served building a roster, building my team? That number one overall pick, I know will get a King's Ransom. That's multiple number ones, probably number twos. It's over multiple years. I, I'm going to put myself in the catbird seat to really build something special here. Fields, I don't know what he would get at this stage, right? I, I don't know if he would get, you know, one this year's number one and say next year's number two. I don't know if it's multiple number one. I just don't know. I like Fields more than you, to your point. I, I think he's been in as bad a situation as you could possibly find and still found a way to be a you know, pretty incredible playmaker to your to your Eleven hundred fifty yards, eight rushing touchdowns, and threw the ball well at times. But for an offense, especially last year, that was in the Mesozoic era, and you know, there's not much there to write home about in terms of you know good receiving talent. I'd love to see him in a good situation in terms of an overall offense. I have no idea. I, I saw enough. I felt like in terms of arm strength and uh, you know making some anticipation throws and accuracy over the course of you know his time at Ohio State and then in the NFL. To think there's something there. You know, ultimately, the opportunity is incredible, but it's very—it's going to be very, very simple to sort of question and then look back at what they do or don't do in this case. Right, it, we're talking about Chicago with the number one pick. If they pass on Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or somebody, Fields doesn't turn into the MVP candidate or superstar, and they're never really any good. And those other guys that I just named thrive. Very easy to point to. You made the wrong call. If. You know, uh, Fields turns into a baller, and they, when they trade him away to somebody that puts him in the right system, again, very easy to say you made the wrong call. It's a great position to be in, but it's also a, a a clear fork in the road, right, for this organization.
2: Basically, six weeks into the season, if you remember back that far, he was on pace for the fewest completions in a season in history, and that was with an extra game. Like added since to the his forward pace. pass, yeah, uh, th- it was so bad. You know, in terms of their passing game, they went three and twelve this year. Now, as the year went on, they committed to allowing him to basically run all over the place, and he became one of the great weapons in the National Football League, running for 1,143 yards in 15 games. He could have played two more games and possibly had another 150, 200 yards. You're talking about 1,300 rushing yards, maybe, for Justin Fields. So the fact that he only threw for barely over 2,000, which is... Anemic over, and that's a full season, honestly. Yeah, You're one game less than 16 where we used to have a full season at 15 games, and he threw for 2,200 yards. That's about half of what a pass-first quarterback who's got a good passing offense would do. Half. So you add a game to that. Let's say it's around 2,700. No, he's not going to throw for for 500 yards. Uh, You add a game to that. Let's say it's around 2,400 yards plus the 1,300 rushing over two games if he broke out. Even with all the rushing yards, Danny, you're not getting 4,000 from the quarterback position for your offense. Which is, by today's standards, ridiculous. Outrageously not okay. Uh, He completed only 60% of his passes, so for his career, he's at 59%. I mean, there are some alarm bells going off here uh, this past season, but if they could get him weapons and get him to throw the football accurately and make good decisions and get the ball out, they could have something. I just think Bryce Young's Going to be excellent. I really like C.J. Stroud. I think both of those guys, to me, if I was starting a franchise, I would take over Justin Fields. I think they'll both be better throwing the football in the pocket, which is what I care about. But Jason LaConforta, who's been around forever, LaConforta from CBS now, uh, and one of our Odyssey insiders as well, saying that multiple general managers left the Senior Bowl convinced that Justin Fields will be traded. How about that line? Lock and four is mm. saying multiple GMs left Mobile, Alabama, convinced that Fields will be traded. If that happens, it would be massive. Here's my fantasy football trade I'm, I'm going to give you. All right, we, we got to step away because we got a guest coming up at five. This is just kind of crazy talk. What about the Ravens trading Lamar Jackson to the Bears and Chicago trading the number one overall pick and Justin Fields to Baltimore?
4: Oh.
2: Would the Raven who says no to that
4: Bears? Well, get the, well the Bears have to give up the number one pick and Justin Fields, correct, to get Lamar Jackson for for the MVP of the league a few years ago. And then and then they got to pay Lamar that uh, pretty hefty penny that he's correct. holding out for. I don't know that the Bears do that. Oh, awesome. I really? Yeah, the- give up the number one pick and Justin Fields, and then have to pay Lamar Jackson.
2: I know they got a lot of cap space, but that's pretty big. See, I was thinking if anyone didn't do it, it, it might be the Ravens. Because how sure are you about Fields? But my thought is, if you're not sure about Fields, you could either flip him or use that first you got the, pick you on Bryce Young. Yeah, do what you want, man. Maybe you're right. Maybe it would be the Bears that say no. Grant and Danny on the fin. The reporter who's saying not so fast on the commander's sale. Next on GD. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?